Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm joined here by with my co-host, uh, Jonathan Getz and Dennis Levi Leach. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Good. Good deal. Well, um, you know, we've got about a month left of regular season baseball. Um, so that's the season's kind of winding down. And, you know, um, obviously the two Chicago teams probably aren't going anywhere, but it's uh it's kind of uh it's a it's a hot time down in kansas city the weather's warm and the team is hot so uh yeah i'll keep your fingers crossed now i haven't looked at the standings because um the white Sox are been playing so poorly over the last couple weeks um cubs are looking better but uh i would assume that kansas city the Angels are pretty much the best team in baseball right now, I think. It looks that way, at least. Yeah, after they passed Oakland. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Bal- so Baltimore ain't too shabby. Baltimore's, yeah, the Orioles are good, too. Um, so, Kansas City, I, I would assume they pretty much almost have to win the division, right? Um, no, not, well, no, no, no. They, they, would, um, uh, they would be in position for a wild card, even if they don't. Um, mm. Don't have the division lead. Uh, they pretty much they they when they made their move they they went from oh we're wild card contenders to oh we're all of a sudden leading the division. So right um, right uh, yeah they're they're in good shape. The Yankees were in town and it was the first time in about thirty years that the that the Royals even though the Yankees walloped them. Uh, first time in like 30 years that the Royals had a better record than the Yankees this late in the season. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. um, and that's a big deal because the Yankees and the Royals used to have quite the uh, rivalry uh, back in the early 80s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, they were they were the two perennial American League powerhouses yep. in, the, in the late 70s, late early 70s, 80s. Early 80s. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Yeah, they were, those were the always, those were the two playoff teams, you know, most of the time. Yep. Um, so, who knows? Um, but yeah, well, good luck. Um, I've always said the Royals are the team I hate the least in uh, the other team of the American League Central. So, good luck. Thanks. Um, well, anyway, as the baseball regular season is winding down, um, so is the summer movie season. Uh, with a baby, I didn't really get out to the cinema, old cinema house uh, this summer. Um, it looked like a, quite a slate of shit quite frankly, from what I saw um, on yeah. trailers and things like that. Um, Ninja Turtles and robots and, and a bunch of other dumb stuff. Um, so um, they got me thinking as I was thinking about the summer movie season, the, the decline of it, um, the quality of movies, as well as, as, well as the summer season itself. Um, I was thinking about rock and roll movies and baseball movies. Um, so that, that's how I arrived at the topic for tonight's show. So the three of us are going to share with all of you um, some of our favorite baseball movies, as well as some of our favorite rock biopics, um, as well as some uh, some ones that aren't so good, and then also some movies that we would like to see made. Uh, you know, who would be a good subject matter for a baseball biopic or a rock and roll biopic? So that's the focus of our show tonight so we're going to the movies um and it should be a lot of fun so jonathan i'm gonna start with you the way we're gonna do this we've got kind of three uh, um three topics really uh just to get everybody at, at home um our agenda we're gonna talk about um a good and a bad um rock biopic and then we're gonna talk about uh, a baseball movie um and then lastly we're gonna um, our sort of hypothetical choices. These are for a rock biopic we'd like to see made and then a baseball biopic that we think would be interesting too. So um, we're going to go ahead and talk about all those. So Jonathan, I'll start with you. Uh, starting off with a good rock biopic as well as a bad rock biopic. Sure. So, you know, I I thought about this uh, quite a while trying to figure out like what my favorite rock biopic would be and 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 I just couldn't quite put my finger on it because it's it's kind of slim pickings. Um, and then I realized that I 
and I, and I've always admitted this that I'm fascinated by the the uh, the story of before they were big, and right. the um, the lead up to them gaining big success, uh, and so it, you know it, it could be anything. It could be um, Eight Mile or like Selena or like any any. I don't even care what genre of music it's about. If they're work if if you know that they're gonna break big and they're and it's them just kind of working hard. Um, I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by the movie. And, yeah. But unfortunately, it's when they get big that the movie starts to take a downturn because there's a reason that they made a movie because shit gets bad at some point. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't make a movie because there's nothing to make a movie about if they just like right off into the sunset. All right. Um, and so, uh, uh, so yeah, it's it. I I'm. My favorite rock biopic is the part of any biopic that leads to their success, in short. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, and like I said, it could be about anything. But that being said, um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm not there, the, uh, the Bob Dylan, uh, it's, it's a pseudo-biopic um, yeah. uh, with multiple actors playing Bob Dylan, um, including Cate uh, Blanchett. Um, she's uh, great. She's yeah. So oh, good in that. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that that's probably my favorite. Like something I would watch over and over again because mm-hmm. it's just it's so nonlinear. Uh, it's it's much yeah. like his 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 chronicles uh, autobiography that that he re- that Dylan released, um, right. which I found fascinating. And it's just kind of you know it takes snippets of uh, his life. No. Uh, some were super consequential, some weren't as consequential, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and just focuses on those and jumps around, and, and it's not you know this you know big arc of peaks and valleys, uh, and so I think as a result you know it, it's it's kind of artsy for a, a rock biopic, but uh, and that maybe that's that's what I like about it, um, but at the same time man I, I'm I'm a sucker for the uh, what is essentially the the music montage of getting things done uh, and right. uh, eventually uh, uh, finding the success? Uh, yeah, and so so yeah, and and you know I, I think uh, I, I I wish Dewey Cox were an actual musician because then the Dewey Cox story uh, would would be what uh, <laughs> Walk Hard would be my favorite rock biopic <laughs> because uh, I, I think about that movie about three times a week and laugh out loud. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they get they got it right there. Did I tell you guys? I sorry to interrupt. Did I, did I tell you guys I saw the Dewey Cox tour when it came to Chicago? Did you? No. Yeah, in the lead up to that movie, he did like a five or six city promotional tour, and he played at the Cubby Bear in Chicago, and it was awesome. Wow! And this was before the movie. You know, I hadn't seen the movie yet. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. Wow! Uh, with a band, he was obviously completely in character. Nice. Um, yeah, it was great, man. Yeah, took his shirt off. You know, <laughs> why not? Yeah, and it was free too. And even the best part too it was free. Oh, it was just one of those great. things like, you know, they this has been like 2006, 2007, something like that. You know, the I saw it online. They're like, you know, we'll let in a set number of people, etc. So, uh, so yeah, I went there right after work and got in and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely one of the like cool. most unique concerts I've ever seen. Just a really, for a sure. really cool experience all around. Yeah. They didn't sell yeah. any swag or anything, did they? They, um, they gave us free, uh, t-shirts. Oh, wow. We also, with like, you know, cause the movie was about to come out. The movie was coming yeah. out like in a couple days. Yeah. So they had a bunch of stuff, and you know they just really wanted to push the movie. So yeah, we got like we got Walk Hard T-shirts that nice. had like the tour dates on back. So nice. yeah, you just got one at the door right when you walked in. They you know they gave you one. Yeah, huh. so that's cool. Really cool, cool stuff. It's a really yeah. funny movie. It's uh, yeah, oh, it's like crazy. I said, it just yeah. <laughs> it hits on all the uh, on all those cliches. Uh, so great. <laughs> Dewey Cox died four minutes later. (laughs) And and these movies, you know, Jonathan kind of already touched on it a little bit, but I'm sure you'll hear Levi and I talk about it as well. I mean, these rock biopics, even though they're, you know, based on true events, they kind of invite cliches, you know, know, to the the filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, 
the drug scenes, you know, the, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, you know, you don't care about the music anymore, man, yeah. you know, like those, yeah. you know, the bass player yeah. telling him off, you know what I mean? The protagonist <laughs> off, you know, it's all those things like, yeah, I mean, so many of these movies just cram those things. And even if I'm not there, the movie that you mentioned is, is definitely in a lot nonlinear film. It was nice to see a unique twist on what could have been just, just a TV movie essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I and, mean it, it's it's uh it's the weird movie about a weird dude. Really, yeah, know? right. <laughs> so. uh, and and to hit on you know the idea of 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 those you know the 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 filmmakers falling for for these uh, cliches, and that's why I think I think VH1's Def Leppard Hysteria movie is is probably the the, the worst biopic I've. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I watched most of it, but because I, I couldn't tear yeah. my eyes away. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people know the, the story of Def Leppard and and uh, um, some pretty uh, extreme lows that they went through and and extreme highs. Um, but it's right. just and, and when you when it is unfortunately when it is just a network production uh, you don't quite have the budget for the higher quality actors sure. uh, and and so um, uh, it's it's fa- like I said man it's it's fascinating to watch I'll watch any band you know the story behind them getting big uh, but then once once they yeah. start to um, uh, flip the cars and 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 fall off the cliff that that's uh, that, that's when the the lack of production really shines through in uh, right. in Def Leppard's hysteria. Yeah, God, I I caught about half of that one one night at like two a.m. and um, yeah, it was it was pretty grim. Yeah, um, but yeah, not grim enough to turn off though. You know, no. I still <laughs> oh no, I just I like things about popular music. You know, right. so oh, yeah, all one of my total guilty pleasures. Is- Doors. I I can watch the doors. I think it's funny. I like the cliche. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the doors hear... too. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's a bad. A lot of people hate it. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't well received at all when it came out. Um, no, it still people hate it. Yeah, yeah, people still don't like it. But I, I mean, it's great performance. You know, I mean the yeah. uh, oh, yeah. he's yeah. great. I mean that's that's Von. Yeah, that's... Kilmer, Kilmer was all in. Oh that's yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you read up on him, and he's kind of a weird sort of mystic dude anyway, you know. Yeah, he's perfect, yeah. He's living on some chicken ranch in New Mexico or something, you know. <laughs> like, he's he's a weird dude. So, uh, so yeah, it was a good, it was great casting. <laughs> so, good stuff, man. So, um, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and go, and go with mine here for uh, my uh, uh, a good and a bad uh rock biopic um i'll start with the bad um and these are two movies that um at least the the acting performances received a lot of praise and i think that praise is is certainly justified uh because it is a showcase for good good acting and you know the actors are are performing too you know they're singing and 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 playing music um so it it was they're nice to see there but in my opinion i thought walk the line and um and ray uh those kind of they were a tie for me because i thought i thought they were both just sort of like tv movies that reached the big screen and don't get me wrong as uh, sounding sounding a bad pun like a broken record here um great performances you know reese witherspoon's great um uh, Jamie Foxx is great and Joaquin Phoenix is great. Um, but I don't think they're great movies. You know, you can have a great performance yeah. and it not be a great movie. Um, all those people yeah, deserved this... Oscars, you know, they yeah. absolutely, but it doesn't mean the movies aren't kind of, kind of cliched and kind of pat, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. the scripts could have been a little tired. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those two, for me, I thought Ray, Ray, especially, um, was I thought very stylistically vivid, you know, the drug scenes, you know, like, Oh my God, the room is spinning, you know, now. And, <laughs> and, um, like, I don't know if you guys remember it, like when he was kind of playing different venues and, and sort of touring different cities, it'd be like Boston, Philadelphia, <laughs> you know what I mean? They would show it like zooming by the and lights. It's like, 
it's like the director yeah the director taylor hackford um same guy that he doesn't i don't know his resume is kind of like sort of milk toast stuff he did like officer and a gentleman um it's like he was just pulling shit like out of like the rock like cliche playbook you know or pop music cliche playbook so it yeah. just, to me, it just lacked complete originality. Even though Jamie Foxx is is great, it's a you know it's a phenomenal performance from him. Um, you know, he probably had the Oscar won about five minutes into the movie, but um, but yeah. So those two for me just don't really do it. You know, I they're I, I've only seen them each once. You know, I don't have any desire to see them again. Just you know, they were great performances, but move on to. A better movie. I can't help but think of Tim Meadows saying, Dewey Cox, you don't want none of this shit. Yeah, walk the line just, or I'm sorry, um, walk hard just got it all right. Walk hard kicks, here, I'll say it there, walk hard kicks the shit out of walk the line, all right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, to a good rock biopic, and for me, Jonathan said he struggled, you know, with with narrowing down some choices here for me, this was like really of all the topics that we're covering tonight related to movies. This was the easiest one for me. Cause this is probably my favorite rock biopic since high school. Really? Um, my favorite rock biopic I, far and away is Sid and Nancy. Um, it's uh, very young in his career. Gary Oldman, you know, turns in one of his best performances ever, you know, when he was an unknown, I mean, the whole movie, it was a small budget movie. It was really a, a cast of unknowns. Um, and I, you know, I need to look her up. I, I should have done this earlier. Um, the, uh, the, the girl who, uh, I'm sorry, Chloe Webb is her name. Um, she, she played Nancy and she's, you know, she's great as well. They both give, you know, just Oscar caliber performances. And not only are the performances great, unlike a lot of other rock biopics, um, the movie's great itself as well. It it ties in a little bit of the investigation to Sid murdering Nancy. Um, so it, uh, it 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 doesn't make that the whole crux of the movie, but it does touch on it, and it really captures sort of the um, the chaos and the anarchy of um, of the you know the London punk movement in the late seventies. And uh, I don't know the guy's name offhand, and I, d- I don't have the uh, the IMDb page up right now. But the guy who plays Johnny Rotten, I think, is another un- well, relatively unknown actor. He's great as well. Just really, really great performances all around, and and uh, the movie r- moves really well. It was made by Alex Cox, who uh, also did a really cool '80s cult movie called Repo Man with Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, same guy. Yeah, Alex Cox. Um, so the movie was in was in good hands by uh, you know a, a director with some unique talents, and it really shines through. If you guys haven't seen Sid and Nancy in a while and you're looking for a uh, a rock biopic, uh, yeah, definitely definitely check it out again. It, it's it's aged really well, and um, it's just yeah, Oldman's Oldman's just awesome in it. Yeah, not only it's you know it's just, just far and away for me that was that was the easiest choice. So Sid and Nancy for me. Um, and I, I haven't really seen I've seen some good ones, but haven't really seen others that that have really come close to to matching the uh, the uh, the strength of that one. So that's my those are my choices. Okay. All right. Yeah, Levi, what about you? What did did I miss? What was Jonathan's bad one? I didn't hear what his bad movie choice was. Oh, Def oh the hysteria, hysteria, the Def Leppard uh, VH1 oh, oh, movie. OK, OK. Yeah, right. Awesome. Um, my favorite, and I tried really hard to, to pick a rock biopic, and I don't know, in my mind, most of them don't live up to the artists they're trying yeah. to portray. Right. And so it, it's, it was really tough for me. So I picked kind of a rock documentary that is almost like a biopic because at the time these people were completely unknown. And so it was, it was like you're learning about almost actors, and that was Heartworn Highway. It's a oh. documentary from 1976, okay. mm-hmm. and it features um, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, Steve Earle, and they're all pretty much unknown at the time in it, or like, 
only known if you hung out with like the Eagles or right something you knew. <laughs> it's just an excellent, excellent movie, and it's it's split up to where you get little almost biopic about each artist. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a section with you know Guy Clark. There's a section with Towns Van Zandt. There's a section with Steve Earle. There's a section with Rodney Dana Crowell. Belko. Rodney Crowell when he's really young, and the dude Alan Coe is when he was still doing his mysterious rhinestone cowboy yep. phase, which was like really early in his career. And he drove on tour bus. You can see and played in a prison. It, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's it's I I just want to shed some light on that movie because you don't hear enough about yeah. it. it if you have not seen it, I recommend it to everybody. It's a great, great movie about music and about those artists. And it does. It feels kind of like you're watching little rock biopics the whole, the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No narration or anything either. You know what I mean? They just they just yeah. film. Uh, they, yeah, and that's what I think yeah. gives it that, that biopic feel almost. Right, right, absolutely. It's, it's kind of... Um, there's kind of a Texas strand through it. It's more about the Texas yeah. scene than the Nashville scene. So yeah, just kind of a collective of songwriters. Um, obviously, yeah. Charlie Daniels and David Allen Coe were kind of at that time, you know, a little more popular than those. They those two had found some mainstream success, but uh, but yeah, it's such a that 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 movie when I saw it really really um, turned me on to all those guys. You know, I went out and just kind of devoured every piece of town, every piece of music Downs Van Zandt ever recorded. So, yeah, good stuff, man. So, yeah, what about your bad? I, what about your uh, your my bad? My bad music movie is Grand Theft Parsons. <laughs> it's a movie made in two thousand three, okay. and it stars Johnny Knoxville as. Um, the guy who basically, and it's supposedly based on a true story, and I don't know all of the real story. I don't know if anyone does because it's such a crazy story. It's kind of got some rock folklore qualities yeah, to it. And, and yeah, and it's a little bit of like a days of our lives. They kind of in the movie they kind of soap operaize it, and Johnny Knoxville's this guy trying to be good to his buddy who died and wants to take his body to the desert to set it on fire because I guess they had made a pact that that was what they wanted to do so it's 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 just a weird, weird movie i don't know the people from jack that's worked on it too but it's just got i don't know it it doesn't work for me i think i think he was maybe trying to use it as a way to get more serious roles or like not yeah. just all comedy smacking myself in the face roles and it just doesn't work you know it, and i haven't <laughs> seen it um it sounds like it could have been a cool idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I love yeah. Graham Parsons, so if anybody was going to make a Graham Parsons movie, I'd, I'd be attracted to that mm-hmm. idea, you know? So, And and it sounds like they want to make just sort of Graham Parsons' life start to finish, you know? Yeah, so it's too bad that it's not good, because it sounds like it could be a cool concept if, if it was in the right hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, one thing I, I want to... Levi mentioned a documentary, and you know we're we're focusing on sort of narrative movies. Uh, but you know, two movies to me, when I just thought of this topic, that even though they're um, they're fiction, um, they're two movies to me that are just as important as some of the best rock biopics, because I think these movies show they convey really the importance of of, of popular music and what it means to people. Um, and that would be Almost Famous and Hustle and Flow. Um, you know, Almost Famous really, obviously, it's Cameron Crowe's story, but it, it really, to me, right, it's rock and roll up on the pedal. Um, and uh, and it really it really touches on what, how much you know your favorite band can mean to you. You know, um, I, I know that sounds kind of corny, me talking about it like that, but I thought I felt like they really got that right. You know, it mm-hmm. um, it's a little I mean, it's a little overly sentimental at times, but um, it's it, that movie really does justice to rock and roll and how important rock yeah, and roll absolutely. is. And then Hustle and Flow, um, Jonathan had talked about uh, this made me think about this too, sort of about. Um, the buildup, you know, kind of like the band sweating it out in the garage, you know, sort of mm-hmm. trying to trying to trying to build something, you know. Um, I thought Hustle and Flow scene where the the guys are at Terrence Howard's place, 
you know, creating the the rap song. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's that's right up there with like you know just yeah. Just, it it shows that hip hop you know something really organic you know yeah. and it it is it is like a garage band you know in, in certain regards yeah. um you know them stapling the drink the drink containers to the wall you know to to um you know to create the acoustics and and DJ Qualls who's just really good in it you know him him piecing it together and um it just to me like that whole scene uh you know that's that's one of the best music scenes in a movie in my yeah. opinion is is that that sequence in hustle and flow no oh, phenomenal so, phenomenal movie yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah um gosh you guys got me want to stay up late and watch that now. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> i probably shouldn't but god I, that's 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 not only one of my favorite rock movie or favorite movies about music that's one of my favorite movies so um yeah, oh yeah great film yeah well, anywho, um, you know, let's go to the ball diamond. Um, I want to talk uh, about baseball movies that, you know, good baseball movies. Uh, um, and then, you know, if you have any bad baseball movies, well, there probably been a few of those. I Sometimes you just see the trailer for those and you kind of want to skip them. Um, so, Jonathan, do you want to start us out on a baseball movie that that you like? Yeah, what oh, is yeah. a baseball and, movie and, that's one of your favorites? Yeah, there are there are several, and and it's easy because um, there were some good ones that came out when uh, you know I was playing ba- little league and and yeah. uh, you know really into collecting baseball cards and actually watching a lot of baseball. Um, uh, you know the probably peak of my life in terms of watching baseball, and and so yeah, Field of Dreams came out in '89 and. And uh, that was, um, right. you know, that, that that was probably like my first favorite movie. I think. I, I mean, I was only nine years old mm-hmm. uh, when that came out. So, um, you know, I got the VHS for Christmas, and uh, yeah, uh, and I still try to watch it uh, every spring. Uh, just uh, either right before baseball season starts or uh, right soon thereafter. Uh, just as kind of a tradition. Um. And, yeah, and and a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of people's favorite baseball movie. Um, and it has, you know, it has some Great pretty movie. sentimental sentimental yeah. scenes in it. I think for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Absolutely. I. I. You know. I. I. Got a kick out of like the road trip scenes. You know, when he's got to drive to. Uh, drive to Boston. Uh, to get oh, James yeah, Earl Jessica. Jones. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, oh yeah, 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 you're right. They do use Jessica. Oh, phenomenal uh, use of of Jessica in a movie, no doubt. Um, uh, And then, although there's one scene I never get in Field of Dreams, and that's how they leave Fenway Park early. Like, you know, he sees the moonlight gram uh, up on the scoreboard, you know, the stat line, and James Earl Jones says saw what and 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 he's like sorry i didn't need to bring you you want to leave and james earl, earl jones like yeah yeah let's leave and that like blows my mind like you could leave a game early uh it was probably only the the second or third inning um uh but uh regardless uh you know coming back and and uh you know that one of my favorite scenes is the last one i think when they're having the when they're having the catch and they zoom out and there's the line of cars that snake through the um, the county roads leading up to the ballpark. Yep. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's like that's like a goosebump movie moment. Oh yeah, yeah no know, doubt. It really is. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah, yeah, Dad, you want to have a catch? And it's just like oh, tear. It's, it's tear. iconic, man. What's that? Absolutely. Yeah, as, as, as much know, as I was know, saying about almost famous getting it right you know, for music, yeah, that does it for baseball. I'm sorry, Levi. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, a movie is like culturally when you can say moonlight Graham and like everyone right. knows what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I, we were, uh, we were driving through Dubuque, Iowa, um, uh, a couple weeks ago and, uh, where, where, where they filmed those, uh, downtown scenes, I think, uh, for field of dreams, uh, where he's researching and he, he bumps into the older version. Uh, and, uh, I, I kept my eyes peeled for, for, uh, any monuments, but I didn't see anything. Um, but I, I did go to the actual Field of Dreams uh, uh, when I was going to school at Iowa State. I stopped by on my way uh, up to school one time and uh, drove down that same road where you see him snaking. You see the car snaking. And, but it's weird that, that, that the, the current Field of Dreams, it's owned by two different, um, uh, two different estates. And so there are two different souvenir shops. 
and uh, uh, and and like the house is one estate, and then um, and then the field itself is another one. Uh, so it's kind of strange like that. Um, mm. uh, but it was kind of cool because you just walk in and walk around and, uh, uh, you know, people playing a game and, uh, uh, you know, buy, buy Magnet. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Field of Dreams, it's, it's a cliche, but it's it's really good. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, hard great movie. Yeah, has got I, a lot of heart. Yeah, I don't, I don't get tired of it. Ray Liotta what? is pretty gonna... awesome in it. And, uh... <laughs> right, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, it's one what, of those movies I quote made... probably once a week. Yeah. <laughs> what, why did Kevin Costner kind of become, like, the default sports actor? Baseball. Ba- baseball in particular. Well, too, yeah, he, was just, he was just in that movie where he's, like, a GM for the Browns or something. Right. Was... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yes. King Cup, didn't he? He was golf. Yeah, he did. Like, obviously, like you know, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams are are uh, are the cream of the crop. But um, he was also in that movie, like where he played for the Tigers. Like it was in like the late nineties, like for the love of the game or something like. Oh, that. he was like a teacher. Yeah, he was like yeah. a teacher at a school and got like right. brought to the league. And yeah. yeah, it did. I never, I never saw it. It didn't look very good. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, what? Why is everybody like sports? It's got to be him, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But anyway, good stuff, man. That's such a good movie, um, guys. I just want to stay up late and watch all these now. Um, for me, um, in it's it's one of those movies that I think it's like it's so politically incorrect at parts that like I don't think it would be made today and that's Major League <laughs> um, uh, as Jonathan mentioned that you know baseball can baseball movies can be very sentimental and they can be very heartfelt um, you know comedy works pretty well with baseball too um, Major League comes to mind and uh, and then also Bull Durham as well uh, a League of Their Own you know, I don't think uh, should be forgotten either. Um, and then, you know, I, even though it's more recent, uh, I, I really think he's bound and down is kind of for me became kind of an instant classic. Um, I was yeah. waiting for like somebody to like take a Rod Beck like character and, you know, put him in a TV show or a movie. And really, they, they did that. And my my wildest expectations. But no, for Major League, um you know, it. You know, it, it's Cleveland, a city that's almost eternally down on its luck, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like like Pittsburgh's gotten better. You know, hipsters are moving to Detroit. Like Cleveland still <laughs> doesn't have it. You know, like, um, and so you know, it's got it's it's uh, the Indians are the focus of the franchise, and um, it's probably you know one of Charlie Sheen's quintessential roles. Um, I've always loved Tom Berenger in that movie. For some reason, he reminds me of Carlton Fisk. I don't hmm. know if the character was based on Carlton Fisk yeah, or maybe. not. Maybe. But um, it, he kind of reminded me of it. Yeah, Corbin Burns. And, um, uh, oh, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the guy that um, the guy that put the you know, the Crisco there up your butt, Joe Boo, you know, the, the Nolan <laughs> Ryan yeah, looking dude. Yeah. Right? He's like, you're gonna have to do yeah. this shit too someday. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, very politically incorrect as well. The whole movie. <laughs> um, you know, Wesley Snipes oh, yeah. is great in it. Um, the owner is a great oh, yeah. villain. Uh, the guy who yeah. played the manager is phenomenal. I mean, it's just such a good ensemble cast. Bob Uecker. Yeah, Bob Uecker is great. Oh, yeah, come on, Bob uh, Uecker. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just a great film. Um, so that's that's my yeah. favorite. I don't know if it's the best baseball movie. Oh, yeah. But it's my favorite. It's it's even it's yeah. even the wife's favorite, so it, it, it spans across genders. Oh, yeah. I, I would say it's the best, for sure. Yeah, it, it was too easy of a pick. I can pick it. I ended up going for my favorite baseball movie, and I wanted to keep it Cubs. And there's been a couple different ones. The first one I thought of, I was going to pick, but it doesn't have enough Cubs and baseball in it. But that's Brewster's Indians with Richard Pryor and nice. John Candy. 
Yeah. And right. um, that, it's just a great movie. He's oh, yeah. got to spend, uh, what is it, like $30 million or something in 30 days. Right. And he's like the minor league pitcher in the Cubs system. And Yeah. What I kept going with was Rookie of the Year. <laughs> and nice. it, it's just an ultimate classic. As the Cubs fan, it was like all I had to hold on to. It was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> I've had no championships. I barely had division win, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, and there's so many great classic lines from it. You know, pitcher's got a big butt. And uh, <laughs> he gets his arm set in the cast and the atmosphere. And he's like, funky butt. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. You know, I don't know. Too. Uh, and, Gary, is Gary, Gary Daniel Busey's Byron's in it? good too. I, I always like Daniel Stern. He's in it. Oh yeah, Gary Busey's in it. Daniel Stern, and you, you can you can go to Wrigley Field today and see usually someone with a Rowan Garden jersey. Yeah, nice. yeah, you're right. Nice. It's one of those things. Like it's it's Levi touches on some good stuff here because it's odd that that's kind of become a cult classic. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, it was. It, I, I don't think it made a lot of money. You know, when it came out, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Even though Daniel Stern and Gary Busey are are stars, you know, they weren't like A listers. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have like you know. It doesn't have like Tom Cruise, or Bruce Willis, or or you know, with, a female with lead those, that's a big actress. Yeah. yeah. Some, uh, with those two guys, there might have been some coke on the set. Daniel Probably. Stern, Gary yes. Busey. <laughs> Gary Those Busey. guys got big nostrils, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh God, Busey! Busey, Busey uses a PVC pipe to uh, to snort rails. All right, dude, have you ever watched well, his like? His, yeah, his E True Hollywood story is the best ever. He's like, I was doing cocaine oh, yeah. off the dog. He's like, I dumped cocaine, spilled cocaine all over the dog, snorted it off. <laughs> doing cocaine off the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, you know, another hold on. I'm glad that you mentioned Gary Busey because uh, the Buddy Holly story is a great movie. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. I was oh, yeah. watching that the other night. And that was when he still had he still had street cred at that point. Yeah. He got an Oscar nomination for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. rightfully so because he's great in it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah. that's a forgotten one. That's one that that uh, I've long time. But uh, it, I remember it being really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, good stuff, man. I I love. I'll I'll always love. Lucy, so, <laughs> yeah. so what do what do you guys? What would you like to see made music wise or um, baseball wise? What movies would you like to see? Well, this was fun. Um, before before I we, I, I hand it over to Jonathan um, for for these picks. Um, to me, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It seems like a lot of these rock biopics, we've heard for maybe 10, 15 years that they're going to be made and they never have. You know, I don't know if they just get stalled in development or they have a hard time getting the rights. You know, maybe the family members, if the musicians passed away, aren't cool with the direction they're taking. I don't know. There's probably a lot of variables that factor into holding these things up. But I, I'm just thinking offhand, like, I've heard about multiple Keith Moon movies. That like I don't know whatever happened to those. Yeah, um, Betsy said per- that that Daltrey hasn't been impressed by a lot of the scripts for those. Yeah, I I'd heard Jason Schwartzman was going to play him, right. which I think is an awesome casting choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like um, gosh, the Hendrix the Hendrix movies, you know, the Andre three thousand one is going to come out, but you know, for years they've they've talked about a Hendrix movie. There's been like, there's probably been like a half a dozen attempts at making a Janis Joplin movie, and they've mm-hmm. all, I think even some of those like started filming and like they, yeah. you know, it got scrapped. Yeah. Um, they you stopped know, the Greg Oldman movie. movie. Supposed to happen, yeah, etc. So, yeah. yeah, so a lot of, I guess there's a lot to consider when when you're you're taking on a movie like this, and a lot of a lot of sort of hands in the pot, I guess. Yeah, anyway. yeah, and 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 you know, even though the um, uh, the Hendrix movie, the new Hendrix uh, biopic, didn't get the music from the estate, uh, which is total BS because it's not like that estate has been shy about <laughs> doling out permission to use Hendrix um, and right. to profit off of right. him. 
Um, I, I I do like the idea, even though it may end up being like very much made for TV style production. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I I've seen the trailer once, but I do like the idea that it it all takes place leading up to Monterey Pop, and it focuses on that lead up to him getting bigger in in London. So that's promising, at least. Cool. And really, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's annoying that they can't use the music, but. When it comes to the music, I don't think it's that um, it's that important, really, to make a good biopic, to yeah. be able to use the music. Now, I hope that they don't do, like, uh, the Conan band, like, we can't play this song, so we're going to play a variation of it. And it's like, dam, 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 right. dam, burr, burr. And, like, they change it just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it could still be okay without the actual licensed music. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just because I've always li- I like him. I like him as a musician. And oh, definitely. He seems like absolutely. A, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. So I'm 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 supportive. You know. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. if I haven't seen it, I'll I'll, I'll definitely right. give it a chance. But anyway, so, so for hypothetical though, what what would you like to see made? Oh, I I think um, uh, I'm going to go back to Kevin Kenny, uh, lead singer, driving and crying. Uh, what? Okay. And and it's mainly because. At least from my perspective, I don't know a whole lot about him. And they did just have a documentary made on him, but he hasn't. He's just he's just been working for the last thirty years, and uh, I don't think there have been long absences and and uh, huge huge peaks or valleys. I mean, I guess the biggest peaks would have been on tour with Guns N' Roses or something. Um, but uh, you know, the, the driving and crying still is just plays in the southeast uh they go up to maybe milwaukee and chicago because he's from milwaukee and uh they don't even make it as far west as kansas city uh ken mckinney did play uh a solo show here uh about uh eight or nine years ago and and um i sat next to him at the bar before the show as he played uh strip video poker and drank PBR before it was hip to drink PBR again. <laughs> yeah, he strikes me as a guy that'd probably be pretty accessible. Uh, totally accessible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, he was, uh, um, he was cool with me bugging him. Um, but uh, and I, I think, uh, um, I think, I think Jeff Daniels uh, could play Kevin Kenny. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they bear a, a, a somewhat of a resemblance, and and uh, uh, I think Jeff Daniels also plays guitar. Um, so that would help, uh, yes, but again, yeah. the idea is it's just a guy who's working to, you know, yeah. pay the mortgage, and I would find that fascinating. And he's a musician who I also uh, deeply respect. So, so yeah, Kevin Kenny. Um, but cool. uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then you guys want to do the the baseball ones as well. Um, I, we talked about a, oh, yeah. uh, a hypothetical. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would do. Let's just go um, ahead and do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, we'll go ahead and do. Go ahead and do that one too. It's called Bo. My hypothetical hypothetical nice. baseball movie called Bo. Nice. Um, it is. I mean, yeah, easy so, to market. You know, just B O right on the. Oh, poster, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just thought bam, about Bo right knows, there, but I don't want Bo knows because Nike's got a trademark yeah, anyway. No. Um, so just Bo and um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, from Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, um, good, would, good would, casting choice. Yeah, 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 and also Very good um, casting choice. Uh, yeah, Children of Men. Um, uh, and oh, right. but anyway, it would and and true to my what I enjoy, it would uh, follow because like he snubbed the Yankees in the draft. And he snubbed uh, the Bucks when they drafted him. So, and uh, he snubbed the Yankees to go to Auburn, and then he snubbed the Bucks to play for the Royals. And then eventually, um, uh, he was drafted by the uh, Raiders uh, in like the seventh round. So, like the movie would focus on the Yankees snub to Auburn, to him winning the Heisman at Auburn, and then the Bucks snub to the Royals draft, and then when he hits that home run in the All Star game in the '89 All Star game. And so it would like just get up to there, and then um, right. and then the Raiders draft him in the seventh round, and then that would go up to like the Monday Night Football game. Injury, uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then right. and then the uh, and then to his injury. Um, and I and I thought um, we could get cute with it, and if we couldn't get the NFL, if we didn't want to recreate um, 
that the, the scenes, um, the football scenes, we could recreate them in Tech Mobile, and <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're running low on budget, we just recreate all of the action sequences in Tech Mobile and oh, Bo yeah. Jackson baseball. <laughs> so Bo, he's always. He's got those 600-yard games, you know, in Tech Mobile, yeah. There's emotion there, man. I remember when he got injured and it was like he tried to come back and then he played for the White Sox a bit and just it was Played for the Angels, tough, too, man. briefly. Yeah. The, the, movie, yeah. the movie wouldn't focus just, on any of that. It would stop, at, like, at the injury, I think. Yeah. Just stick with the glory years. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was seen like uh, they have, like, the legend of John Henry. Do you remember that? Like, the guy... He drove the steel. It was like right. they, it was right. like John Henry went down when both right. <laughs> yeah, man. Like fuck. Nice. Good, good choices. Yeah, I read Bono's Bow when I was in fifth or sixth grade. So you've already, you've got a book that, that you know for for material. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Hey. yeah. Uh-huh. Good stuff, man. Um, Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unique unique choices, definitely. Well, you know, I don't really have an act are tied to my rock performance just because um i think for this role you just you sort of need someone who doesn't have like leading man good looks um uh i'd love to see an alice cooper movie um i i think like putting it in the hands of somebody like tim burton uh, um would be would be a good choice because i think he could make it really campy and he could make it fun he could even do some of the some of the you know the nightmare on um, the uh, the nightmare before Christmas James and the Giant Peach wow. type yeah. of claymation yeah. stuff you know with you know some of Alice's like cold Ethel some of you know Alice's Welcome to My Nightmare material that was really campy you know uh, it, it's got this vaudeville feel to it um, I told you guys earlier as the we were first... planning go ahead I'm sorry I was gonna say the first person that comes to my mind that, that I think would be great is Russell Brand he, he would be good yeah he would be yeah, yeah. I that, think he that, yeah. That's a, he could pull it off. I think he could do Al Cooper. He could pull it off. Yeah, he, he he could definitely pull it off. Yeah, he's definitely skinny enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he could certainly pull it off. Um, but I, I just think it could be a fun, a really fun movie yeah. that wouldn't take itself too yeah. seriously. I, I told you guys when we were planning this, like to me, like Alice Cooper was kind of like David Bowie channeled through the monsters. That's what Alice Cooper is yeah. to me, and I feel like over the last few. years, Years, a lot of musicians have really started to give that guy the due that I think he deserves. Oh yeah, because um, yeah. he paved the way for so much. You know, I mean, the guy paved the way for Kiss. He paved the way for Guar. You know, he yeah. paved the way for Slipknot. You know, mm-hmm. all that, all that really to me goes back yeah. to him. So yeah, it was at a time when it was like if you were. Maybe a little bit. If you had a little bit of money and a little bit of arty sense, you like Bowie. But if you like, still maybe lived in your mom's basement, right. you like Alice Cooper. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what I'm saying? Way to put it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and but both of them are kind of like androgynous characters too. You know, both yeah, Bowie and yeah. Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, and I, I just think those those first few records of his are just so good too. Like Killer is just such a great album um so i think it would be a fun movie so i'd like to see the alice cooper story made um and for baseball um gosh this is i guess if so this one it has cliches but the the ride for this guy has been so tumultuous you you couldn't help but avoid some of them um i'm, I'm calling it nailed colon the lenny dykstra story right right um like, you know, you guys knew, you know, Nail or Lindy Dykstra was kind of the Ty Cobb of his era, you know, just oh, yeah. just a, such a you know, such a vicious player, you know, just a wad of chewing tobacco in his mouth. But he played hard every day and certainly looked like he was he was going to kill the second baseman every time he slid, you know, <laughs> slid in there. Um, and um, lately, if you guys if you guys haven't followed <laughs> what old Lenny's been up to lately. Um, he's, he's been in jail. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if he's out of the joint yet or not, but, um, you know, for folks who haven't followed it, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Like after he, he, he retired from baseball, he opened up some car washes and made some coin doing it. And then also he started, uh, picking stocks and, um, 
he sort of he tried to start like kind of a high end luxury magazine for professional athletes. Um, work, that, that failed. Yeah, that failed miserably. And um, I'll post it on our Facebook page um, because it's it's free to read online. G- a, guy, a guy from GQ, one of the writers from GQ, uh, did a piece about working for that magazine for a couple months. And Lenny Dykstra was this guy's this writer. Lenny Dykstra was his childhood hero. Guy was a huge Mets yeah. fan. Right. Um, and like working for Lenny Dykstra was like working or a kindergartner you know what i mean like the guy just the guy had no business acumen whatsoever had no idea how to run a magazine um you know would just and then you know the magazine started to run out of money and this guy wasn't getting paid blah 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 uh but it's a really fun read um uh, about working for lenny dykstra so you know he's 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 a kind of a shady guy so he would make a good matter for a movie and the actor that i thought of um uh i think kind of looks like him but also i think he would really run with the part is jeremy renner oh yeah uh from from the hurt locker oh yeah he'd be um, great uh you know he was in one of the Bourne movies as as well yeah i i I think he would really like he could pull it off physically and then also uh you know he would really do a really good job with the part Mm -hmm. so yeah the lenny dykstra story it's kind of a rise nice. and a fall but um it would nice. be entertaining one of that oh so, yeah so yeah those are my two alice cooper and lenny dykstra so levi what about you man nice it's really bad baseball movie i wanted to just say it real quick my not good baseball movie is hustle with tom sizemore from uh 2004 oh, yeah and like we were saying i we think it might have been esp Right. Um, or it's just straight to DVD, but yeah, it's not a good movie about Pete Rose at all. Yeah, um, it's the baseball movie of the hysteria movie that John. My, uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, for for, for to be this was really easy because I'm I wonder why there isn't one already, but I was going to call it Inspiration Moved Me Brightly, the Jerry Garcia story, sure. and it was going to star Jack Black. Nice. And uh, nice. I, I comedy think or serious? Like, well, I like serious. But, like obviously, the story of the Grateful Dead is going to have some funny shit along the way. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Um, especially once they get into like the heyday days. But I think it would be neat to see the start of it from like maybe the Jug Band days. Sure. See like Jack Black, you know, acting that. When, you know, Garcia was still clean cut and you know wearing white button up yeah. shirts playing banjo, right, and stuff. And then take it through, I don't know if I want to see him take it through maybe more than the 80s, because 90s, Jerry, to me, is just kind of sad. Yeah. But, um, I think I think Jack Black could do it. I think you could make, like, part of it serious, and, like, there would obviously be comedy parts to it, because, like I said, when you have so much story to draw from, the Owls, the Stanley Oxford inventor was the sound guy, uh, and with the Mary Perkinsy to this ball of sound created the first real concert PA sounds. And um, I think it would be a great movie. And so for my baseball movie to be, I don't know if there's one about, I think there may be just one about like Conseco or McGuire or what, nice. but yeah. I would like to make a movie called Juicy, the 1989 Oakland A. Nice. And, and um, that's the year, you know, even Wallace had, like, ham hocks for forearms, and they, they, they won the World Series. They all got rings from it, all of them. And I, I think, you know, I think there's probably a good movie to be made in that story. Uh, Levi, I've, if you make that, I've got, I've got a casting choice for you. Craig Robinson as Dave Henderson. <laughs> nice. 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 <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think Jamie yeah, Fox. I think Jamie Fox could pull off Ricky Henderson too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe like Channing Tatum could do Seiko. Yeah, he could and pull then, that uh, off. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who could do McGuire yet, but I, I, uh, I think that I think there's a story in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, there's got to be. There's a movie. I think we'll cast yeah, this on the Facebook Eckersley. page. 
Yeah, you got you got Eckersley, who I assume was still drinking at the time, heavily. You know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, okay. you got Larusa. You know, you could have somebody oh, cast as Larusa. Like That's a meaty part, right uh, there. Yeah, the, the dad know, from Blossom know. would play Tony Larusa. <laughs> <laughs> Vinyl jacket and uh, the starter, yeah, the starter, right. uh, the starter jacket, the starter yeah. jacket, yeah, the green, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the silk, the silk starter. That's awesome, <laughs> you know. And, and Levi talking about the A's there. If I could slide in one more, I put this in our our notes for this. I say, even though it was tragic what happened to these guys' career, if we want to just go all out comedy with it, Dave Chappelle is Daryl Strawberry. All right, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave Chappelle as Strawberry. You know, I'm, I'm picturing like. Like him in like a Cosby sweater, you know, like in a Maserati, you know, <laughs> like, r- r- rolling around Queens with like a Coke spoon, you know. Right? I could see like one of the Wayans being uh, being Doc Gooden, being you know, Doc Gooden. Yeah, right. Definitely. I could even, you know, if if we made the movies, I could even have Jeremy Renner play Dykstra, you know. On the there it is. Yeah, I could. Parallel. He's, he's returning. He's playing in this movie too. Yeah. Suddenly, it's like the Marvel DC universe. Right. <laughs> uh, crossover. You guys, what if is? You guys, right? if you guys have any Keith Hernandez casting choices? Please put them on the Facebook. Page, Keith Hernandez. Right? So, yeah, right. Oh man, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, wow, good, good stuff around. Nice. nice start working tonight. on these scripts. Um, it was fun to to go to the movies and. Uh, talk about baseball and talk about music and uh yeah good stuff keep the conversation yeah, going yeah. and uh, also want to tell everybody as well uh we are on itunes now um so yes. i appreciate jonathan getting that set up and you can uh go ahead and go i think i uh dropped out there for a second uh you can go ahead and go to, we'll, we'll post a link on the facebook page yep. uh so you can yep. You can check out iTunes, uh, Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu on iTunes. Yes. So should be fun. Yeah. I want to go ahead and uh, talk about our cards here uh, to show our cards. I think we'll just continue with the order that we had previously tonight. So uh, we'll go to Jonathan, and then I'll share my card, and then uh, Levi can uh, can show his card as well. So what do you got? Uh, I got a I got a guy who had some of the most unusual cards uh, um, throughout his career. Um, some that showed neither his face uh, nor his uh, logo or anything where you didn't know who it was unless you just knew his form. Um, and in this particular one, he's throwing a football. And uh, it is Nolan Ryan, 89 <laughs> Upper Deck. Nice. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, I guess he was warming up with a football. I don't know what the story is behind that. But uh, uh, 89 Upper Deck, Texas Rangers, Nolan Ryan throwing a football. Nice. Good looking card, man. It is. Good looking yeah. card. Absolutely. I like those Rangers uniforms too. I yeah. like that era. Oh yeah, yeah, solid yeah those late '80s Rangers uniforms are good looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my my pick um, aligns with Levi's uh, idea for a movie about the '89 A's. Um, this was a guy that that really anchored that rotation, and uh, to me, he's a guy that like on the mound always looked really mean. He looked. He just looked like he was really intimidating, uh, but in this picture, he looks pretty pretty gentle and looks like he's having fun. And it's on an upper deck card. Upper deck known for its photography. Um, it's got Dave. I, this is uh, Dave Stewart here, and okay. he's got his cap on backwards. He's got the he's got the the yellow Oakland jacket, which I like. Huh. And then also he's doing some photography as well. Huh. Nice. Um, so I was, I this was. Yeah, yeah I don't remember that card at all. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it took me by surprise either. I, I didn't really remember this one huh. until I stumbled across it. Um, right on. And, cool. uh, yeah, just uh, just a really kind of cool, candid shot of, uh, of, of him just kind of having fun and, you know, kind of really uh, – he looked always like a really mean guy, I thought, on the oh, map. Yeah. Absolutely. Really <laughs> oh, yeah, he's intimidating. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you nice. guys know he's an agent now. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't. He's um, – oh. Gosh, oh, he's David Price's agent. 
I do know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I, I just I won't belabor it too much here, but I'm looking at the back of this card. Um, I don't think he had a long enough career to be considered, but this card just shows 87 to 90 um, for for Stewart, four consecutive 20 win seasons. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a yeah. stud. He was a stud yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so just yeah. great stuff. Two hundred five strikeouts in eighty seven. Just yeah, he was he mm-hmm. was a good one, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dave Stewart. Nice one. Yeah. My card is um like a nineteen fifty or nineteen sixty tops and it's a Cubs dick drop. And it's not really the front of the card or the player that I like, although that is the really cool neat old cub cubby bear logo if you guys can see Mm -hmm. what i like is the back of the cards and at the time tops did this they would have the little cartoon oh yeah it would have a little quip about the player and why i like this one is because it says in his spare time dick likes to collect records nice (laughs) which i think is just so crazy yeah you know like that was his hobby in nineteen fifty. Get him on the show. You know? <laughs> yeah. Dick Girat collected records back in the day. <laughs> nice. We'll look him up. He's, he's got Sinatra pressings, man. <laughs> I see Dick Girat with like a pipe, you know, kind of like pulling out a forty-five, you know, kind of looking it over, you know, yeah. Stan Gatz acetates. <laughs> right. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Dick Trout's a huge Stan Getz fan, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Brutal, too. Man. Good, good stuff. So, yeah, good cards all around. Yeah. yeah um, good show, fellas. Good show. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Nice work. 